the Giants couldn't possibly look worse than they look right now. Just even just as a team, they look like they don't enjoy playing baseball with each other. They're slow, they're old, they're unathletic, and teams like the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are in last place in the division, but the Giants are making a run for it, look like they're running circles around the old and slow and unathletic San Francisco Giants right now. So we're going to talk about what the heck has gone wrong this season and also hand out some blame next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, we are going to Take a good hard look in the mirror from the perspective of the San Francisco Giants because they are playing truly terrible baseball right now. They just got swept by the D-backs. They got swept in a four-game series by the Dodgers to start this quote-unquote second half. The reality is we're way past the halfway point. So the Giants are, in a way, running out of time. And the trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday. And the Giants have done so poorly out of the gates here after the All-Star break, that they've gone from looking like possible buyers or likely buyers to increasingly likely that they'll be sellers. And so we're going to eventually later today talk about who it is that looks like they may be gone if the Giants do in fact decide to sell off, which looks more and more like the right call, just given how bad the roster looks right now. They they do not look I mean there's just so much wrong with the Giants roster. I mentioned the lack of athleticism and speed. They're old. They they don't have any cohesion. They look like they're not enjoying playing baseball and and can you blame them? I mean they're just not able to get it done and teams that have a worse record than them look better than them. And so that tells me in a way that the Giants I mean the run differential suggests they should be better than they've been. Not much better, but a little bit better. So maybe it's not right to say they should be worse. But let's just get to who's to blame here, because I think there are different tiers of who we can kind of point fingers at for this. And starting like not from who I'm saying is most to blame, but in the order I want to go, like we start with ownership because it doesn't get more uh, high level, right? It's the top of the food chain is ownership. And I think that ownership possibly does play a significant role in this. But the fact is, we don't really know that because the way ownership would be to blame would be if that they, if they were putting limitations on spending. And, you know, we talked about this they won 107 games, so they kind of got a little bit of a pass coming into the season, given that they didn't really increase the payroll. And so it, you know, we could point it out. I gave them a C minus for their offseason report card, in my opinion, because I thought they did like enough to be competitive enough. It turns out that's that may be incorrect. And and a lot of it is like regression from guys like Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford, which could have been seen in advance. Like it's not crazy to think that these guys who are 35 or so are going to have some decline 
uh, in their game from when they were really, really impactful last year. So if ownership is like, look, we don't want to spend more than 160 million, make the best roster you can with that, then they have a big say in the blame. Because you look at teams like the Dodgers and the Mets, they're pushing closer to 300 million. They're up in the high 200s. And the Giants are at like 165. And that's counting buyout buyout payments to Cueto and Posey. And we don't even know if they paid that buyout to Posey. So it could you could argue it's more like high 150s for the Giants in terms of payroll. And if that's the reality of it, there's blame to be put there. But I actually think the most blameworthy party here is the front office of the Giants. And all of this falls ultimately on Farhan Zaidi because he's the president of baseball operations. Obviously, there's more. He's not the only guy in that front office. You've got Scott Harris and the whole group. Really, they are number one to blame for me because Zaidi continues to say when he's asked, he was asked before the season about the payroll and that it uh, they didn't, you know, spend much in the offseason they did you know they made some additions but it was really like shuffling the chairs because you lose Gosman you lose Posey and those contracts were like 20 million each or so you add a Rodon it's kind of just replacing what you already had and then you didn't replace their payroll was flat and so they did end up spending as much as they spent last year but it didn't go up and so the reason this falls on Zaidi is because he's asked about the payroll and he says it's not an issue ownership hasn't put some kind of limitation on it. So he says, and that's the thing, is that even if that was not true, he they probably would want him to say that anyway. I'm going to take him at his word, though. If he's going to say that there's no limitation on spending, there's probably a limitation, but he's, he's, he's saying that there's not a limitation of where they are. They could increase it, but they just haven't. And he said that he, he commented, and I just completely didn't believe this, but again, we'll take him at his word, said before the season in an interview, he's like, I don't even know what our payroll is right now. And so first of all, that struck me as really, you don't, I know what their payroll is and you don't know what their payroll is, but let's just take him at his word. It's not, they're not like not spending more than $160 million on this roster because they can't. They just thought that this was the best roster that they could put together, which the proof is in the pudding. And he recently said, to be fair, you are what your record says you are. And I completely agree with that. And right now the Giants are a, a team that's two games below 500 after winning 107 last year. And that's what's so disappointing about this. And it's the fourth season under this front office. It's It was a weird four seasons. One of those years was 60 games. One of those years there was no minor league season, which, you know, limited in a severe way, the development of their young players, which I think affected the Giants a lot relative to some other teams. The Giants were very affected by that. And this year is not over. So it it makes it sound like it's been four years, but it really has been more like three full seasons worth of baseball, right? All of 2019, all of 2021. And then you combine the 60 game season and this season about 100 games in. So it really is three seasons of baseball in. And overall, the record is good. If you look at what have they done since 2019, I actually looked at this just the other day and their record, uh, I don't, I think I may have actually deleted the numbers, but they, they were like 10th in baseball in wins since the start of 2019, which I think we would have taken at the time. But a lot, so much of that came in 2021. And then this year, 
just taking a massive step backwards after coming off 107 wins and not having a lot of future pieces and just the the emptiness of the the team just how they look hopeless and they they don't they don't have that life to them and to me a lot of it is like there's not young talent that is going to be here a while and they're not like up and coming they're more just like fizzling out and a lot of the core pieces are are just these guys who are at the very tail end of their careers and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel in a way like you would if you had rookies coming up and making a real impact you've got some guys you've got your Luis Gonzalez and I mean Logan Webb is like the shining jewel of this team right now because he's good He's young and he's under club control for three additional seasons after 2022. But that's the only guy on this roster that's that looks that way. I mean, Gonzalez is under club control for a long time, but he looks more like possibly a platoon player and possibly a guy with defensive limitations. So he's not like a star and they just don't have a lot of that impact type of talent. They're just a roster of like platoon pieces and designated hitters and and they're slow and old and unathletic like i said in the open so coming up next we're going to continue blaming the giants front office for this and then we're going to go down the hierarchy we're going to look at gabe kapler we're going to look at the coaching staff and we're going to look at the players themselves so all of that momentarily but first whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. And I love this because I did the same thing with a car purchase. I don't like having to go in to a store where I'm making a relatively high profile purchase i feel the pressure of that somewhat and and don't quite enjoy that experience so being able to do this online and get personalized expertise as well from home game changing make your moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com and going on now is the blue nile anniversary sale save up to 40 percent on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25 percent on engagement ring settings plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, here we go. We are going to continue handing out blame. We're going we're gonna to go down the ladder and just decide how much blame to apply. I do think, like I said, ownership probably takes some of the blame because the, the spending is odd, given that there is a clear reduction from where they were when Zaidi was hired. They were closer to 200 million and they've kind of gradually come down into the 160 range and stayed there. And so there's, it's hard for me to believe that there's not some ownership level of reduced spending. And then again, Zaidi says there's not. And so we're going to take him at his word and say, okay, this is the best roster you thought you could put together for about $165 million. Well, it's not good enough. It's not a good enough roster. And it's, it's one that was relying on players that probably shouldn't have been relied upon to like when you factor in aging and it's funny because he mentioned aging when pressed on projection systems and how they didn't buy the giants this year, even though they won 107 last year. And it was easy to look at that and be like, well, he's probably right because the projections didn't like the giants in 2021 either. And he said, 
projection systems are kind of just based on historical data. They look at your last three years. And if you have an outlier of a year, it thinks it's just an outlier as opposed to some meaningful change. And and we've said this too. And so with the hitting coaches, and we'll get to that, but uh, he said that basically he didn't, he thought that they could essentially beat the projections. And it turns out the projections are pretty accurate. I mean, they saw Crawford and Belt and everybody else kind of coming down to earth. And that's exactly what we've seen. And that has made a big difference. But anyway, hold on. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. The MLB trade deadline is August 2nd and Locked on MLB has all of the breakdowns. Locked on Giants will have rapid reactions to any move made. Subscribe now to your favorite uh, Locked on Giants, uh, Locked on podcast which is hopefully locked on giants on youtube or wherever you get podcasts so you'll get notified when each episode premieres so i just want to finish up blaming the front office because there was some star talent out there there was some impactful talent available and i gave them the benefit of the doubt for in the off season to a large extent prior to the season and for much of the season so far but I'm allowed to be wrong. They are much less allowed to be wrong because they're the ones actually doing this and are responsible ultimately for the performance of the team. And the performance of the team, it's not just that they're a couple of games below 500 because in you know some teams, being a couple of games below 500 feels like you're on the upswing. But for the Giants, coming off 107 wins, and it you can tell, like some teams are a couple games below 500 and they feel good about it and they're energetic and they enjoy being around each other and they like coming to the ballpark and they're having fun. But this team is not having any fun and it is not fun to watch them. They are, in fact, actively unfun to watch. And that is their that is the front office's 100% responsibility. There's the coaching staff, there's Gabe Kapler, but I'm going to get to them in a minute. But just when you look at the construction of the San Francisco Giants roster, I alluded to this a minute ago, platoon players up and down the lineup. So you're not getting, you don't have that kind of, that's the thing. Anxiety mentioned this just the other day as well. You've got a 26-man roster. Giants typically like to split it up 50-50, 13 position players, 13 pitchers. There's actually a limit on pitchers at 13. So let's just say for the sake of argument, and this has been what they've done most of the year, you've got 13 position players. If you platoon at every single position on the field, nine spots, right, including the DH, that's 18 spots. You can't do that. You simply cannot platoon at every spot in the lineup. And so you need everyday players. And I think what's actually hurt the Giants more than people realize is that their everyday players have not been good as everyday players. Like, who's an everyday player on this team? Wilmer Flores, and I guess, to me, he was my offensive MVP. Not I think the MVP was Rodon. Webb had a case to make. There was none of the position players I thought really even close to as valuable as those two in the first half. Peterson has actually been a disappointment, I would say, overall. But... You've got Flores, and then who else? Belt was supposed to be a guy who was in there every day. Estrada has been a guy who's been in there every day. 
uh, Crawford was kind of supposed to be a guy. And the theme is that a lot of the, the everyday guys are supposed to be your better defenders as well. And that's partially how you justify them being out on the field, even when you don't have the platoon advantage because they're providing defensive value. But that hasn't worked either. And a lot of it is age. And you could kind of see it coming. In hindsight, it's really easy to say. And I know a lot of people did say this, and I uh, give you credit for that. And it looks to be the correct prediction that you can't rely on these older players to be centerpieces of your team, given the aging curve and and other factors, just regression. You know, Crawford had the one really good season, but he's never been a great hitter. So if you're expecting that and, you know, don't be shocked if you don't get it. And so that's the thing is when I say the front office is to blame, there were everyday type of players available and numerous options. There was Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Trevor Story, Carlos Correa. There there were guys who were available to be signed as everyday guys. And instead, the Giants are running out Belt, Crawford, Flores. Like These are your key position players. And I just don't think that that's good enough, particularly with the benefit of hindsight. Of course, they don't They don't make those decisions with the benefit of hindsight, but ultimately they are responsible when it doesn't work and it is extremely not working. So I think I've given out a fair deal of criticism to them. It's their job to fix it. So like when we turn our attention to the trade deadline, I think it is time to make some significant moves. And to me, in a selling direction is probably at least longer. I don't think you give up like future value for like pushing your chips in on this team. They look that bad to me right now, but let's just continue handing out the blame first. I just want to mention Kapler and then the staff. So Gabe Kapler to me, mostly I don't want to say blameless, but he is not the guy to point fingers at for me. I think that He's largely doing what he did last year when they won 107 games. And winning 107 games had, like, with that roster, it had to be managed the way that Gabe Kapler manages. Like, all the platooning, the platooning itself is not the problem. I just tweeted this out the other day. But if you look at the top five uh, uh, producers versus left-handed pitching since 2020... Darren Ruff and Austin Slater are in that top five, along with like Aaron Judge and Trey Turner and somebody else. So the platooning is not the problem. The platooning is what's got them to be a team that won last year and has had some success this year, if you can call it that. If they stopped platooning and they just ran out Jock Peterson against every lefty and Wade and Yastrzemski against every lefty and Mercedes and Ruff against righties and Slater, they would be worse, in my opinion. So he's working with what he has. And the problem is more the roster construction and just not having impactful everyday players. If you've got, you know, a Freddie Freeman and a Trey Turner and a Mookie Betts, and then you surround them with these platoonable depth pieces, I think that works. And last year, that's kind of what they had when Posey and Crawford and Belt and Bryant were like everyday guys and they were impact players at the time. I mean, Bryant was kind of iffy as an impact guy, but certainly Crawford and Belt and Posey were impact players last year. And that's the biggest difference is they're lacking that impact everyday talent. If you have a few of those guys and you have platoon guys around them, I think that's fine. And the bullpen, what can you do? I mean, they're just not getting it done. 
And I don't put that really on the manager. So, you know, he can be a little bit polarizing and there's possibly some people in the uh, team who don't like agree with everything he says and does. So there's possibly that. But besides that, I don't think he's the number like he was the same guy last year, personality wise, and they won 107. So I think it, it much more falls on the front office than it does on Kapler in this case. And then the coaching staff, however, I think there's probably more blame on the coaching staff even than there is on Kapler. I'm not sure how much. I don't know. It's hard to quantify. But Donnie Ecker left. He was one of three hitting coaches the Giants had. But my understanding is that he was kind of the the top dog in that group. And he leaves and goes to the Texas Rangers. And Justin Veeley appears to be kind of that head guy now. And they just haven't, they have consistently non-competitive at-bats right now. It's hard to watch, and I don't know. I, I think that some blame possibly goes on the staff. And then the defense. I mean, I think the staff and Kapler, I should, before a lot of you are probably thinking this, I think Kapler is ultimately responsible for the staff. And so a lot of the defensive issues we've seen, which it's not just a roster construction thing, although that's part of what the front office deserves blame for, is like you've got your mean Mercedes as your top left field option at times. That's a problem, but that's a roster construction problem. But some of the boneheaded defense and just mental mistakes, you can, it's reflective of the staff, I think. Uh, ultimately, the players are the ones who play, and they have to be better. But I put a, I, you know, everybody shares the blame here. So anyway, I think I've given out a share deal of criticism to the 2022, uh, 2022 San Francisco Giants. So in just a moment, we're going to get to one specific thing and talk about what the Giants can do. And it's about Carlos Rodon, who was frustrated and it showed and he had kind of an ugly scene in the Giants dugout in the loss yesterday. So we'll get to that momentarily. But first, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Uh, the latest thing I've seen from Bet Online was their updated odds on Juan Soto's next team if he's traded, and I did think it was interesting. The Giants have fallen quite a bit from those initial odds that were put out that had the Giants at like plus 500 and the third most likely team. I think now they're like plus 1100 or plus 900. So they have fallen. And unfortunately for Giants fans, it just seems like it's always the case. But the top two favorites right now are the Dodgers and the Padres. So head to bet online today. Check that out or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about the Carlos Rodon outing and blow up and and what they should do from here. So Carlos Rodon pitching against the Diamondbacks yesterday in the middle game of this three-game sweep in Arizona, just despicable. You know, it's hard to, to stomach. It's hard to watch the Giants right now. And Carlos Rodon gave up a couple of huge home runs. He ultimately had a very weird outing. I think he gave up, what, two hits, three hits? And a couple walks, 10 strikeouts, but five runs. 
because the hits were big and costly and a couple of two out multiple run homers. And he was frustrated. And of course, I mean, it just has been a frustrating year for the team. And then for him feeling like he should go out there and shut this team down and then not doing it. So he had a blow up in the dugout where he was slamming his glove. And I think he hit Andrew Bailey, the pitching coach in the head with his glove as he was, I don't know. I saw it. I was muted. I can't even listen right now. I'm watching these games, but I can't listen. That's how, um, Giants haven't won in over 10 days now because there was the all-star break and they've got a seven game losing streak. And then four days before that. So man, so Rodon, he had that blow up. And then later in the game, he kicked a bat that was like resting on the bench and the bat like twirled into Tyro Estrada's shin. And I don't know what Rodon was thinking. I give him the benefit of the doubt. He seems not like a, why would he kick a bat into his own teammate kind of guy? But at the same time, I don't know what he was expecting it to do when he kicked a bat in the direction of his teammates. So I really do think it was unintentional and maybe he just mentally thought the bat would like twirl but not travel. Like it would just spin in place kind of and drop. But instead it like kicked towards Tyro Estrada who was just innocently walking towards the bat rack. So anyway, immediately after it hit Estrada, Rodon goes over to check on him and he's just like, looks like he's super sorry and just he didn't mean to do it is what it looked like to me but at the end of the day you're responsible for your actions same deal with the front office right so it was a bad look for Rodon it was a bad game for Rodon and it could have been his last start as a giant and certainly it could have been his second to last start as a giant he's scheduled to start I think on Sunday against the Cubs Giants have one four game I did I just say Sunday against the Cubs that can't be right no, it is. It is. I, I'm, I'm forgetting what day of the week it is. So the Cubs come into town for a four-game series. Then there's one against the Dodgers and then the trade deadline in the afternoon before the second game against LA. Is it a four-game series against the Cubs? I'll have to I'll have to look on that. But regardless, Rodon may make one more start in a Giants uniform and he may be out the door after that. We talked, I think it was yesterday, about how it's a seller's market right now. And it's funny, we're seeing a lot of rumors like teams that you wouldn't expect to be trading starting pitching. They're like, we're hearing that their starters are available. Like the Houston Astros are making controllable starting pitchers available, reportedly. The Miami Marlins are listening on a really good controllable starter in Pablo Lopez, reportedly. So I think this is reflective of it being such a seller's market. There isn't a lot of starting pitchers out there. And the Giants have a good one, and he's a rental. He can opt out at the end of the season. Whoever gets him can give him the qual. Actually, no, if you're traded midseason, you cannot be given the qualifying offer. So he'd probably like to, honestly, being traded is better for him financially because otherwise the Giants will give him the qualifying offer after he rejects the player option. The qualifying offer is like the same as the player option in value. So he'll reject both and then be a free agent, but then the qualifying offer hurts free agents because teams have to give up a draft pick in order to sign them and it hurts their value. So actually he he probably secretly wants to be traded and also who would want to be on this team right now? It is not a fun team seemingly to be a part of. So anyway, I think they're trending. I said all month of July that they're going to probably not sell unless they just collapse and they have collapsed. So they... They pretty much need to, they must win three out of four against the Cubs, but more realistically, they probably need to sweep to avoid 
I mean, three out of four, it'll be, it might be hard to justify selling if they're still on the periphery of the race. But yeah, I mean, like I said, their problems aren't just clearly going away. They don't have like young talent ready to burst onto the scene. So you're not going to get that's the thing is like, what if your best return is like David VR? You know, there's no guarantee. He was killing it in AAA and he just has kind of been a non-factor so far in the major. So there's just no guarantee that getting prospects is going to lead to those players being good for you. So that's why I'm like, you if you're going to sell, only really do it unless and if you're getting players you think are going to make a real impact for you and otherwise it's not worth it if you're in contention and you have a a shot of making the playoffs and so that's how I feel about Rodon but he's that good that you might be able to get some legitimate talent even though it's a rental situation so anyway that is all the time we have for today coming up tomorrow I'd like to do a mailbag because this episode is coming out late in the day on Wednesday so we're going to do a mailbag tomorrow and probably continue to bury this team a little bit and they they deserve it right now. So thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan, MLB expert, brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspic, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. Stay locked on Giants.